There's a question that has been on my mind for quite some time now, and that is what holds some women back and propels others forward? Like, are we genetically predispositioned for greatness or is our success dependent upon our upbringing, life experience, or is it all luck? Sometimes I look around at the younger generation of women and I have this like envy because it seems as though there is this limitlessness to their attitudes. Like they can accomplish anything they want to. And I love that about the women that are coming up in the ranks because they're doing really amazing things. And let me qualify what I mean by amazing things. I actually mean women who genuinely care about others and are working to impact the lives of others for the greater good. So whether that's in nursing or writing, acting or even design, it really doesn't matter as long as they are making an impact. And what does matter is that we get in our spirit that we have the power to create our lives that they are not just happening to us. Now, one thing you probably know about me at this point in our journey together is how ridiculously passionate I am about empowering women, like for real. I think about it, I write about it, I speak on it, and I do it. I text my friends, I send direct messages to people because I'm really, really passionate about making sure people know that they can do anything they wanna do. And it all stems back to my own childhood. I would have to say that I am probably one of the most fortunate women because I've had plenty of strong women in my life. Women who were willing to not only fight for a seat at the table for themselves, but also for those around them. And that included me. And my very first mentor came when I was just nine years old and she was 14. So she wasn't even old enough to drive. But let me tell you the adventures we had the very, very first summer that she spent babysitting my brother and I are still some of my favorite memories to this day. Rosanna had this wild, adventurous spirit about her. She grew up on a farm and she wasn't afraid of hard work and always, always had a smile on her face and a reason to laugh, which is one of the things that I love about her. And I was more of like the quiet, shy type. Although once you got to know me, I had this larger than life personality, even as a kid, but I didn't show it to too many people. That was until Rosanna pulled it out of me. It was because of her constant reinforcement of who I was that I began to slowly but surely see the qualities in myself that continue to this day to propel me forward. Now, maybe you wish that you could have had a relationship like the one I had with Rosanna. I talk to women all the time who tell me that they were not as lucky to have women in their life who believed in them like Rosanna believed in me. So. I'd love the honor of being that voice in your life to champion your success, to even give you a swift kick in the butt when you need it and to cheer you on when you feel low, because I know it's hard to keep going when things aren't going your way. Being an entrepreneur, starting your own business is really tough stuff. I get it. And doing brave things, even though we talk about it a lot here on the podcast, is not something that we all want to sign up for every single day. Even I don't want to. But most days we'd prefer to hide away in the corner and just let others rise to the top. 
But I can probably guess that if you listen to this, you're someone who doesn't want to fade in to the wallpaper or stand in the corner and just kind of allow your dreams to pass you by. There's probably something inside of you that is dying to get out. And you may be at the beginning stages or maybe you are at the middle stage where you're kind of plugging along or you could be at this a long time. I want to encourage you today to keep going. If you're facing a challenge, find a way out. Look for another solution to the problem that has been staring you down. Nothing is impossible. Absolutely nothing. You're listening to The Courage Cast, a show to equip and empower women to live bravely. Each week we'll share coaching conversations and stories of women who are willing to face their fear and pursue their purpose. Here's your host, life coach, author, and your secret weapon. Hello friends, I'm so glad that you're here today. Welcome to this episode of The Courage Cast. You know, I feel so privileged to do this journey with you and whether or not you have been listening for a really long time or this is your very first podcast episode, I just feel it is a privilege and honor to to just spend this time with you and I hope that you just love this conversation with my guest Liz today. But before we get into that, can I just ask you one quick favor? It would help us so much if you would subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. And not only that, but if you would take a moment to rate and review the podcast, it helps us to be seen and for others to be able to find us when they're looking for really great podcast episodes to listen to. So when you're listening right now, why don't you just go ahead, click subscribe so that you can get any episode that comes your way. And we would be so grateful. Liz Forkin Bohannon is the founder of Sacred Designs, which is an ethical fashion brand that works to educate and empower women. The company started off by making sandals and is now an international fashion brand that provides employment, educational opportunities, and entrepreneurial training to over 50 women in East Africa. Pretty amazing, right? Liz's story is one that will cause you to see your gift and the possibilities in your life in a whole new way. When I got my hands on her brand new book called Beginner's Pluck, I literally could not put it down. It is a fabulous read. There are so many amazing takeaways that personally helped me in my own season of transition, which you will get to hear about in our conversation. Now there's so much goodness wrapped up in this conversation that I don't want to spoil it for you, but I do want to say this, you will be inspired and there's no doubt about that. Liz, I am so grateful and thankful that you are on the Courage Cast today. Thank you so much for being here. What a privilege to have you. I have read your book, Beginner's Pluck, and I absolutely loved it. So when I got approached to actually have you on the Courage Cast, I was thrilled to be able to have you. So thank you so much for being here. Gosh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to connect with you and your amazing listener community. So usually the first thing I ask right out of the gate is just kind of what you're passionate about, who are the people you serve, and just a little bit about yourself. So anything is game. Just tell us a little bit about you. I am crazy passionate about using business to solve some of the world's most important challenges. I'm really passionate about creating opportunity and community 
for women globally and right here at home. And I am really lit up by the idea of helping women build an elevated and ethical wardrobe. Amazing. To name a few. Yeah, just just a little bit. Yeah. You you must be really busy right now with the launch of your book. You're also uh, the founder of Seiko Designs and you're a speaker and you're traveling. How are you managing it all right now? You know, I'm managing it because I know it's a season, you know, and um, I think the importance of understanding seasons, having a finish line in sight, kind of having breaks to um, rest and to recuperate. Like it is very crazy right now. Um, But at the end of this month, when my book tour is over and stuff kind of settles down on that front, like I'm not traveling in November or December actually. um, And we've got a family trip planned to just kind of like rest and recoup. And so I think a lot about, I've had, I've had two babies, like birthed two babies. And I think a lot about kind of the mentality of labor and kind of like pain management, which is like, okay, I can do anything for the next, you know, 30, 60, 90 seconds, knowing that this isn't going to be forever. And I think where a lot of, um, early on entrepreneurs, I think get frustrated or overwhelmed is that they know that the pace that they're currently at, they can't sustain and that, and they freak out about it. Um, as opposed to kind of saying like, Hey, it might be really, really difficult for a while. There might be a season where you don't have any balance. That's actually okay. And frankly, I don't know anybody (laughs) like they might be the crazy one-off unicorn that just had some kind of like crazy quote unquote overnight success. But the vast majority of people that I know that are out there that are building something that is bigger than them and that will last far beyond them, um, have gone through similar seasons. And so it's about, um, just kind of listening to yourself and what you need and what your family needs. Um, but being okay with there being seasons like right now, which it's totally crazy. And I think, um, for me, gratitude is also a great anecdote that it's like easy for me to feel tired. And, you know, I got home last night at probably two o'clock in the morning and was back in the office this morning um, because we had a book tour event. And when I'm feeling tired, there's this part of me that my self-talk is like, are you kidding me? Like a bunch of amazing powerhouse women came out of their homes, paid money, got babysitters to come be with you last night and to share that space. Like what a freaking dream and honor and privilege um, and really, allowing myself to to kind of soak in the gratitude of this season as well. Mm-hmm. That's, that's an amazing thing because when you do get the opportunity to invest into the lives of others, it's like you want to take it seriously, but it is also very taxing. Definitely. On you. And it's kind of like, how do you keep refueling to be able to, you know, both stay charged up enough to do it, but also then to, to give it out and, and I'm sure that the women who are at the events are probably like soaking in every little ounce of everything that you had to say, which I'm excited about you sharing today as well. Now, I have just admittedly never heard the word pluck yeah. before. <laughs> like, I was like, what is this? What is beginner's pluck? And so at the bottom of your book, the it says spirited and determined courage, I'm which of course. I'm so glad we did that because more people than not don't know what pluck means. So you're not oh. alone is what I'm telling you. 
I totally had to look it up at first. And but of course, you know, build your life of purpose and impact now is like right up my alley. I was, of course, because we're the courage cast. So, you know, we're, we're always talking about how to empower women to live bravely. And and so what was the catalyst for you to actually, you know, step away from what you're doing to write the book? The catalyst was so about three, gosh, probably close to four years ago, we took this huge risk as a company and we completely pivoted our entire business model away from wholesale into a direct sales model. Um, and there was a few things that happened in that pivot. One, I found myself waking up every day kind of on the cusp of this evolution or, you know, you don't know it at the time. Is it an evolution or is it the dumbest decision that you've ever made? Mm-hmm. Wholesale represented about 75% of our business at the time. So to pivot away from wholesale was this huge, huge risk. And I was waking up every day and I had this really specific nagging insecurity that if we took this risk and we failed, I imagined everyone around me, you know, the, the, the ambiguous they would look at me and say, see, like, see, she's not a real business leader. She's not a real designer. She's not a real entrepreneur. Everything that she built up until this point It was all just beginner's luck. And um, in this fear mentality really kept me from wanting to take a risk. It was kind of like, okay, just do the thing. Just do the thing that you know and stay in your lane because you don't want to expose yourself for being this fraud, this fake, this potential failure. So that really lodged itself in my brain for a long time, this kind of beginner's luck phenomenon insecurity. Secondarily, we ended up making the shift and long story short, we pulled our products off the shelves of like 500 stores across America and put them into the hands of literally a few dozen women in the United States. And in their first full year of selling the product, earning an income on the product that they were selling and styling their friends, these women generated more in revenue and impact than we had ever done through our wholesale channel. So it became very clear, like, okay, this is it. We have product market channel fit in a way that we never have before, like all along, I didn't know it, but all along the company that we were building was meant to be a company that could use fashion and business to create opportunity for women globally and for women right here at home. And Mm -hmm. so my job over the last three years has really shifted a lot because now part of my job is like leading, inspiring, motivating, coaching, training women, many of whom have zero experience in business, in fashion, and, you know, do not consider themselves entrepreneurs of basically teaching and training them how to start their own social enterprises and how to grow the brand and how to earn an income, how to rally a community um, around what they're doing. And it became very clear through that process that there were only, there were a few pretty big hangups and mentalities and mindsets that were keeping women from being successful. And then similarly, I saw the women in our community that were being crazy successful all had a lot in common. And so I really kind of started diving into that. Like what, what is holding some women back and really propelling some women forward? And um, how did I see those same things in my own story? And then it really evolved into understanding that a lot of what our current culture is telling us about how to build lives and businesses of purpose and passion and impact, not only are not helpful, but they are actually um, keeping us in um, a place of, of waiting in kind of this state of analysis paralysis. And so I'm a very firm believer that you don't, you do not um, 
critique without offering a better solution. And so that's what really what this book is, is a critique on current culture's messages to us and um, offering up what I think is a far better, more successful, more life-giving um, mentalities and mindsets to go out and to build an incredible life of purpose, passion, and impact. Uh, everything you just said, I love everything. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, okay, where do I want to go from here? One of the things that we're focusing on this season of the Courage Cast is all about mindset and you talking about how we are receiving these messages and how kind of a bombards us. And then we kind of get stuck in these, you know, little, um, like you said, analysis paralysis, we don't do anything. This happens so often, not only with women I coach, but also myself. It's like you have so many things coming at you, you have so many opportunities, people to learn from, messages that are going, and yet it's like, how do you sift through all of those things and actually kind of find what works for you and what fits for you. Mm. One of the things that you you talk about, which I, I loved and says, where exactly did we get the idea that we need to have our thing? Did it emerge around the same time as the notion of our soulmate? And I was really struck by that mm. because we have this notion of this one thing, this one person. And if we miss it, then it's gone. Mm -hmm. What would you say to uh, a woman who is like, okay, you know, similarly to thinking, oh, there's only one man for me or there's only one opportunity. What would you say to them when it comes to business and, and it comes to entrepreneurship? I would really, there's like a quote and I can't remember what it is exactly, but it's something to the effect of like, you can't mess this up. Like you're not that powerful. Like mm -hmm. this, like the, the journey of building a meaningful life of purpose and passion and impact. It isn't like an arcade game. It's not something that there's like a one shot and you either get it or you don't. It's a result of doing a lot of work on yourself and your ego and the things that are keeping you from, from moving forward and from taking risks. And um, it's about the way that you think about other people, your role in their lives and your our collective role in, in this bigger story. Um, and none of that happens in like an acute moment. I feel like I spent so much of my career and frankly, it's still there. Like the mentality and this idea that there is like this silver bullet unicorn that exists out there. That's like, if I could just, if I could just find the unicorn, I call it unicorn hunting. Um, and again, and I think one out of every million women or entrepreneurs or men, and for that matter, they do have the unicorn story of like, I had this fortuitous connection and this one thing led to this other one thing and that changed everything forever. But I have found that an absolutely more common story is like, I tried this thing and it like worked kind of 70%. And so then I went back and I like kind of tweaked and I iterated and then I tried it again and it was a little bit better. And then I tried this other thing and that failed, but, and then here's how I learned from it. It's far less glamorous. It's far less sexy, but it seems like it's a lot more true. And so the energy that you are currently putting into the silver bullet and the unicorn hunting if you can rechannel and refocus that energy into your own goals, into you figuring out what does it mean for me to build a successful life of purpose, passion, and impact, um, and then do the self work to be the type of person that can go out and can do that and can take risks, um, I think you're infinitely more likely to succeed. Something amazing happens when we take time to access the creative parts of ourselves. 
When we have the time and space to outwork our creativity on the canvas or through writing, by moving our bodies through dance, it's like experiencing a little bit of magic in our lives. And I found that the times that I've been able to be the most creative are when I'm feeling centered and focused and there are no real expectations for me to be anything or do anything. And I wanna encourage you to set aside some time to access that creative part of yourself. And we've written a beautiful guided meditation that I know is gonna help unlock the creativity in you in a whole new way. When you're able to really access that creativity, something amazing happens to open you up to opportunity. And you may even find that you'll wanna start putting yourself out there in the world. This free audio download is available over at thecouragecast.com. So if you've been feeling a little hesitant or unsure about how to tap into your creative sweet spot, I know this is really going to help you get started. You know, I grew up in the church and, you know, one of the things that I think I got hung up the most on was the, just kind of the concept of having a calling. And it really kept me, you know, in this finding my purpose place and not realizing that um, I could build or create what it is that I I really feel like I'm supposed to do or who I'm supposed to be. And you talk about that. And it was kind of really freeing to read that because I was like, oh, Yeah, that's so true, because I feel like as, you know, someone who's, you know, um, in this faith world that, you know, I go back and forth between like, okay, well, I have to like sit in this calling and yet, well, can I build? So can you talk to us a little bit about the difference between like finding purpose and building on it? Yeah, absolutely. I think that when we, the word finding puts us in quite a passive posture where it's like, okay, I've got to open the right door. I've got to discover it. I'm going to turn over a rock and it's going to like pop out. I'm going to get a word from heaven that is this vision of what my purpose or my calling is. Um, By nature, the idea of building is much more proactive, super, super proactive posture. And so I think even by changing our language a little bit, I think, uh, even by talking about how, you know, one of the things that I say in the book is like, you're never going to find your passion. Like it's not some magical, mystical, like cosmic game of hide and seek. Like it's literally something that you can choose to do. We are invited to be co-creators in the world that we want to live in. Not going to happen unless we show up and we take risks and we're super brave. And when we fail, we do the hard work to understand where our rootedness and our value lies and that we're not alone. We're on this super fun, plucky book tour all across the country. And last night I was in Seattle and we had this amazing panel of women, authors and speakers and entrepreneurs and uh, activists. And one of the questions that I asked them was one, tell me the area of life where you're just totally slaying it right now, um, where you're doing really well. You've, um, you've mastered something. You are just really doing awesome. And the reason that I ask that is because I think in our culture and specifically kind of like a Christian subculture, there's a lot of shame around being like an ambitious woman Mm -hmm. because 
that she's good at something. And so I really want to create a space where women can stand up and say like, hey, I work really hard at this and I'm super good at it. Um, and I think that's really a really powerful thing that gives other women a permission to do the same. And then secondarily, I ask them like, hey, what's like, what's a recent or one of your greatest pluckups? Like what's a mistake that you made? What's a project that you launched that failed? What's an initiative you couldn't get off the ground? Um, and so we had these just like amazing, awesome powerhouse women share legitimately bummer things that have happened in their lives and in their businesses that weren't just like, oh, this sad thing happened to me. It was like, I made this mistake. Like I put all of my eggs in this basket. I couldn't get this project off the ground, whatever it is. Um, and it was so awesome to see these women that other people in the audience, I think it would be very easy to kind of like idolize them or like mythologize them and like everything they do is successful, um, really share those moments. And my hope and prayer with that is like that the next time one of those women in the audience, like she puts herself out there, she tries to start, you know, an initiative, she does a campaign for her company and no one participates in it. She spent a ton of money building a custom mobile platform and ended up losing it all, you know, whatever it is that when other people are in that moment, if you don't give people another story, a lot of times the story people tell themselves when they face failure is like, I'm not the girl for the job. I'm not cut out for this. I don't have the skill set. Nobody cares what I'm doing. My project doesn't resonate with anybody. Like we can really, really quickly spiral. But I think the more and more we can tell honest stories about our journey, my hope is that someone when she is in that moment, recalls a story of this woman that she now really looks up to and that stuck with it and that ended up going on to build this really beautiful thing and said like, oh, she went through this. Like she failed this miserably at something. Like it's not that I'm that I'm not, you know, the, the right person. It's that failure is a requisite for growth and really, really encouraging people um, with that story in the context of community and relationships. That would be really powerful to hear those stories because I think you're right, we do have this kind of idle mentality where we're looking at people who are successful and thinking, okay, well, they you know just got hit with a magic stick and mm. all of a sudden everything that they do is golden. And, you know, we're not privy to all of the information of like, how did they find solutions to problems? How are they working out things that are failures or rejections, which I do have more questions about that because I, I totally want to pick your brain about that. Um, I love what Marie Forleo says about, you know, everything is figure outable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, um, I'm a B-schooler. I've read her book and it was, it's so funny, even with reading all of this stuff about everything is figure outable. I was like, really though, is it, is it all really figure outable? <laughs> and, um, and then I'm reading your book and you, you have this concept called find and replace. Mm -hmm. And I admittedly, I have to tell you, it is one of the hardest things that I've had to do for mm. myself yeah. to look at the problem areas and find what they are and then replace them. So what would you tell someone like myself who's struggles with, you know, because I could get caught in that. I could get caught in, okay, this didn't go well and okay, forget it, I'm not gonna do it anymore. Instead of like finding a solution, what do you yeah. say to someone? You know, I heard a quote once and I'm probably gonna butcher it, but it was like the reason that train, the, the train business in America essentially died is because they forgot that they weren't in the business of making trains. They were in the business of moving people. 
And I love that concept. And that's really like the idea of find and replace of like saying so focused on the really, really interesting problem that you allow the solution to be this fluid and iterative thing that you expect it's going to take a lot of spaghetti that you throw at the wall and a lot of different ideas for the solution before you figure out the one that's the most robust and the most relevant. And then by the way, once you find that, there's a really good chance that you're going to have to iterate and evolve that solution. Like I think about our entire business model for the last 10 years, we've just been kind of in this constant evolution. And for the entrepreneur, like you've got to know when to focus and when to double down and when to iterate and evolve and pivot. And so I find that by constantly asking myself that question of like, am I more interested in solving the problem that I, that the felt need that I set out to solve, or am I super committed to this first solution that I came up and trying to fit a round peg into a square hole just so mm. that I can maintain, like, I tried this thing and it was successful, um, as opposed to letting it go, trying something else, iterating, pivoting, evolving. Um, and I would say the more interesting your problem is, the easier that will be. So for me, Starting and launching Seiko, I was so obsessed with the problem. Like I just could not have given two poops. <laughs> I, I'm laughing because I that came. I clearly have a three-year-old son. The fact that that came out of my mouth so easily. He has a, a little cooking show that we call a Two Poops Cooking Show, and that is clearly on the top of my mind right now. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't have cared less about what the solution was. All I cared about was the problem. The problem being like, hey, here are 25 crazy, smart, bright young women in Uganda who can't afford to continue on to university. How do we bridge that gap? So it was like I started a charity and then I was like, oh, okay, that's not the right solution for a variety of reasons. And then I started a chicken farm and then that failed. And I was like, okay, what about, okay, I'll make these like strappy, funky sandals and um, maybe we can, you know, uh, sell these to women in the U.S., I was so open-handed about what the solution was because I was so obsessed with the really interesting problem. And as long as we solved the interesting problem, it was like, whatever, I don't care. I would really encourage entrepreneurs or solopreneurs or uh, anyone who's kind of going out and trying to build something that matters. Like, have you done the really, really hard work of staying focused on the problem? And, and frankly, maybe it's not even about staying focused. It's about knowing the problem. Like I get pitched all the time from young entrepreneurs who are like, I have this idea. It's for an app. It's for a company. It's for a product. And they have thought so much about it. And here's how much it's going to cost. And here's how we're going to sell it. And here's all these things. And then I'll just look at them. I'll be like, okay, that sounds great. What's the problem that you're trying to solve here? Like, what is the felt need? And they just look at me like totally blank. They're like, oh, no, mm -hmm. but look at these bells and look at these whistles. And it's going to do this and this and this. And it's like, yeah, yeah. But literally none of that matters if it's not solving a problem. And so find and replace that chapter in my book is all about kind of like staying super focused on the problem. And the, the more interesting and meaningful that problem is, I would argue that the easier it is to stay really focused on it. Yeah. Which I think we can get really lost in doing, in, in finding that bright, shiny. Yes, absolutely. Solution and thinking, oh, if I come up with this, then look at how, you know, people are going to think of me as this or, you know, mm -hmm. I came up with this beautiful solution versus kind of, you know, staying tethered to what is the problem? How can I solve it? And I love that. You talk about also about stop asking for directions to a place mm -hmm. that doesn't exist yet. Mm -hmm. There is no right first step. There are only sacred steps that will make your path 
but only if you walk it. Mm. I, and I love that. Yeah. Yeah. My hope there is just to create a sense of like freedom and adventure and trailblazing. And like, I am absolutely all about like surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. Like, you know, understand how people got to where they are and um, glean from their wisdom and from their knowledge, but don't put all of your eggs in that basket. Like at the end of the day, you know, there's just a lot in the like self-help culture right now that is like selling a like simple five-step formula. Um, and I think that that it's like getting to the point where I feel like it's like predatory, <laughs> that mm-hmm. it's just like, you are a unique human in the world, like in your gifts and your skill sets and your story and your wounds and your every hard conversation that you've ever had and your sense of humor and your perspective and all of it is, is going to lead to you going to a place that no one has actually ever been before. Someone might be in your industry or have had success with a similar product or, and like, yes, yes, yes. Learn from them, ask them questions, glean from them, be a humble learner, but also recognize that like your path isn't going to be the exact same as them. And in conference hopping and like just you know, reading a ton of books and then never actually like putting yourself out there and taking risks and like trying and failing isn't how you build a life with purpose, passion, and impact. Like at some point, you just got to do the thing. You've got to do it mm-hmm. and you've got to step out in faith and encourage. Now you talk about hunting for miracles. Mm-hmm. I have been kind of on this quest for the probably, I think it's now I'm like on 65 days where I am writing down 10 things I'm grateful for. And I have, it's not just like, oh, I'm grateful for, you know, my friends or family, but it's really kind of even the negative stuff. Yes. So looking at, you know, both sides of the coin, like what is, you know, negative is also positive. So almost like the law of polarity mm-hmm. and, and really seeing like, okay, because both exist there and I have to be able to be, if, if I'm going to be okay with one, I have to be okay with the other. A- grateful Amen. For it. Yes. And that, that has been like a really huge revelation for me and has in the past 60 days for me, has like transformed how I see myself, how I see my life. And I was like, why didn't people talk about gratitude like this before? Like, why was I just like, think I'm just thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. But I'm only thankful for the things that are good. Totally. For the things that are like making my day. And you talk about hunting for miracles. And I love that. So talk a little bit about that I love the story that you tell in the book. You don't have to tell that. People just need to read the book and read about that story. But just talk a little bit about hunting from your. It's exactly what you just said. That it is transforming the way we think about gratitude, to like hunt for the good thing that uh, you know, like be grateful for the good thing, and instead saying like, for me, I have allowed discouragement, uh, failure, disappointment to be this trigger to like not say well, what like really bright and shiny thing might happen after this, but to actually figure out like, what is the miracle in this disappointment? Um, Because you're absolutely right. And I would say the way that you describe that parlays really well into, I think it's the next chapter or one of the later chapters called Don't Hide from the Shadows. And the concept of that entire chapter is like, you don't get to experience extreme joy extreme satisfaction, extreme fulfillment without opening yourself up to a lot of heartache and heartbreak. And by having a culture that is like, we have, we have 
we have greatly misinterpreted what it means to be passionate about something. And the passion that we hear talked about is this really, really cheap, shiny, easy form of like momentary happiness when the reality is like the the root of the word passion is pati, which is Latin for to suffer for. Like that you believe so deeply in something that you are willing to say, I will forego momentary happiness or satisfaction or comfort or safety or security because I believe so deeply in this thing. And I just really believe that the people that I look at, I'm like, you've built these, this incredible, beautiful life are not the ones that are like, and I put myself in situations where um, I always really feel good and I'm, I feel super comfortable and I only work on problems that have relatively easy solutions. Like they are people who have learned to sit with a deeper level of disappointment and grief and heartbreak. But the awesome thing is, is that, you know, the deeper you dig that well, that is the well that will also contain your joy and your satisfaction and in, in the fulfillment um, that you are able to experience and that you, you really don't get one without the other. And, you know, I had a moment recently where I just had such a heartbreak, like, and it was a work thing. It was just like this extreme acute disappointment of something that didn't come through. And I was just devastated about it. And I had this moment where I was like, you know what, how many people will never go through life feeling this devastated because they never let themselves hope as big as I have and as deeply as I have mm. and believe that something could happen and vision it coming to life and work their butts off of it and rally people behind it. And like, I, I've had this thought, the miracle in that moment where I am devastated was like, you know what, if I woke up tomorrow and my ability to hope and to vision and to work that hard towards something that I wanted that bad, if that disappeared and I never had to experience this level of devastation or heartbreak again, like I, my life would be so much less rich. Like I wouldn't mm. be like, and all of a sudden it felt like a gift, like, oh my gosh, this is a treasure. It is a treasure that I am experiencing this level of disappointment um, only because I experience on the opposite side of the spectrum, that amount of like hope and an ability to dream and to work towards something. And I want to be somebody who, who experiences it all. Like, I don't want to be yeah. somebody who lives in the middle and who, you know, just like plays it safe and who like, yeah, probably never puts themselves out there and never fails and never experiences devastation and disappointment, but also never gets to like see something beautiful actually come to life and never gets to have the moment where you go, oh my gosh, against all odds, we did it. We're doing it. We're building it. Look around, look what's happening. Um, and I, I want to be that person and, and, and recognizing like, okay, then you're signing up for all of it. And then all of a sudden that disappointment and that devastation and that heartbreak becomes a sign that I am also hoping and I'm moving forward towards something and I have vision and I want to be that person. It resonates so deeply with me. I had something happen a few months ago where I you know, was in that place myself. And it's like I had invested something huge into um, relational bandwidth mm. and it just kind of came crashing in on me mm. and there was a moment where I was like oh like why did I go all in for that yes. 
And a friend of mine said, she's like, Andrea, she's like, that's the beauty of who you are, though. She's like, don't please don't ever stop mm. doing that. She says, because if you stop doing that, you lose the essence of who you are yes. and who we love. And when you were saying that, that's what I felt or heard out of you. It's like, if you stop doing those things, if you stop investing in your business and your relationships and your life and stop, you know, um, because you're, you know, experiencing rejection or failure or doubt or insecurity or all those things, you lose the essence of who you are if you will give into those things. And it's just like be in that, in a place of suffering, which, so thank you so much for, mm. for saying that. Yeah. It's yeah, so I love that. Mm, I love that and love I that feel like I could talk experience. yeah I feel like I could talk about that for forever and ever um I know we only have just a few more minutes left and and I do want um to take an opportunity just to even talk about a little bit about um how people can um get a, a hold of your book and and you and where they can follow you and kind of hear where your journey is taking you because I think you are um, just such a, a really strong voice in this generation for for women to to come alongside. I don't even say just idolize, but just come alongside and and be you know part of your journey, but also like walk their journey alongside you. So how can they do that? How can how can they find you? So you can find the book anywhere books are sold. Barnes and Noble, Target, um, Amazon, obviously our website, SecoDesigns.com. That's S-S-E-K-O designs.com. And that is a great way to enter into the community by just kind of um, reading the book and understanding both the Seiko story, but more importantly than that, it's really about your story and about those kind of principles and, and mentalities. Um, one of my one of my favorite endorsements that I got for the book was from Bob Goff, who said, when you read this book, you're not going to want to be more like Liz. You're going to want to figure out who you were created to be and then go yeah. all in on that. And that just felt like it's so deeply encapsulated, like the spirit um, of this book and this community um, was exactly that. And so uh, you can buy the book. You can find out what we're doing at sacreddesigns.com. We have an opportunity. The reason that we started... Um, this direct sales program is that we wanted to create a community of women that could actually spend time together and justify spending so much time together because they're actually earning an income and uh, building a business. But we are really creating the community over here at Seiko that I desperately wished for and dreamed for 10 years ago um, of women that are like-minded, that are running towards a similar goal, that share resources, that share failures and pluck-ups, that um, encourage one another. And it has just been so beautiful to see it unfold. On the business side, they're just killing it and we are making more impact than we ever have as a company um, all across the globe for, for women in several different countries now. Um, but we're also seeing women here in the US like come alive in a new way. And so if you are out there and you're like, yes, of course, I want to build a life of purpose and impact, but I don't know where to start, or I don't know what that looks like, or I'm not an entrepreneur, or I'm not a designer. Uh, we would really, really uh, welcome and honor the opportunity to chat with you about what it would look like for you to join our community. And it's really simple um, and really 
really fun. <laughs> and uh, if you're like, okay, that sounds awesome, but I'm already, I'm running my own company and um, you know, I've already got that figured out and now I just need to hone in on that. Definitely buy the book. And then I would also ask um, if you would consider hosting a Seiko trunk show um, where it's a one-time thing where you can invite women over to your home and a Seiko fellow will connect with you and she'll share the collection and she'll bring samples in person and style your friends. And you can have a night of shopping and storytelling and learn about the impact that you're going to make. And it's just, it's a super, super fun way to one, elevate your wardrobe and two, to make an impact for women and girls across the globe. That's amazing. Yeah. And all of this information will be on my website as well so that people can connect with you, get a direct link to the book and follow your journey. Liz, you're doing some really amazing things in the world. Thank you so, so much for being on the Courage Thank you so much for your time and for this beautiful community that you've cultivated and, and for letting me peek in for a bit. I really, really appreciate it. Okay, friends. So many great takeaways from this episode that it's kind of hard to pinpoint the one that I just really want to land on. But I think what stood out to me and is resonating with me the most is how do we build or create our lives? Well, it's all about finding purpose and then building on that. And so whatever it is that is your purpose, what passion you have or what is driving you, what you absolutely love to do, the gift set you have, don't just sit on that. Don't just hope that it's going to magically appear into something really amazing. It is your responsibility to build upon it, to create what it is that you desire in your life. And you have every, everything you need to do that. I know sometimes that, that it might take a little bit of guts, a little bit of bravery to actually do that, but it is entirely possible for you to do that. I want to thank Liz for being a guest on the Courage Cast today. What an amazing conversation. So grateful to have been able to talk to her and just kind of find out about her story and what is helping her to succeed and also empowering other women all around the world to succeed in business as well. And friend, we would love to hear from you. So make sure you connect with us over on Instagram at, at the.couragecast, as well as on Facebook at the Couragecast Podcast. And of course, all of Liz's information is available over at thecouragecast.com, including her social media channels, as well as how to purchase Beginner's Pluck, which you are going to definitely want to read. We love spending this time with you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Until next time. Remember, you have everything you need to live bravely. If you like this episode of The Courage Cast, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a rating and review, and while you're there, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Original music and production by Stephen Crilly.